Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to a fabulous Friday. I'm just going to call it a football Friday. You know why? Because everybody calls it a football Friday. Yeah. But I don't want to call it a football Friday. You know why? Because everybody calls it a football Friday. And they're just trying to be cute with alliteration. I mean, really, the whole thing is, of course, it's a football Friday during the season. The only time it has any, I don't know, cachet or, oh, that's interesting, is if you're saying it's football Friday, like in the middle of March. Yeah. It's football Friday. Yes. That, that that then okay it's a, it it has some meaning but football friday during the regular season of, of course it's a football friday that's just the nature of the sport and the sport's prominence in this country it's no fo- big thing it's football every day yeah in this market it is in in most <laughs> markets it's football every day if it's not pro football it's college football if right. you go down south right time yeah. now for the lead the lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Probably asking the wrong question to you because I'm sure you'll give me 15 different answers. But I'm just saying in general, is there anything about the game on Sunday that excites you? Uh, there are some games on Sunday that really excite no, me. No, this game. I know, but that game's on Saturday and the game on you Saturday know what I doesn't mean. excite me. You know what I mean. <laughs> Does the game tomorrow excite you? It's an NFL game. I, I always am fortunate. I always feel fortunate to go to an NFL game in person, but compared to many, many, many other games I've been to in sure. person in my lifetime, no, it doesn't excite me. Danny, does this game excite you at all? No. Are you going to watch it? Um, I'll probably watch it. I'll be here working a CSU basketball game, so yeah. I'll probably have it on in the background. Which is on national television, right? Didn't CBS pick up the game for CSU? I believe with San Diego State this weekend. I'll have to double check yeah, that. This we'll is a, be running a, the radio, though, right here on Mile High Sports. Right, exactly. It's a huge game for CSU. Okay, let's say you weren't working here, Danny. Let's say you had a day off. Would you go out of your way to watch the Broncos game? I wouldn't go out of my way, but I generally watch every regular season game well, of for the you Broncos. Do. Well, of course you do, because... I would still watch it. You would still I watch wouldn't it go out of my way. If I had a better offer on Saturday, I would take it. Okay, well... So if somebody said hey, let's go skiing, I might say, okay, I'll go skiing instead of watching the game. How much would you pay to go to the game on Saturday? $5. Okay, right now the lowest ticket on Ticketmaster's resale portal is 39 bucks. That's actually not bad. I mean, that's up You get to see Patrick Mahomes, who is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And that is probably what has kept the value of this game from completely cratering on the market right now. And when I checked yesterday, there were six games that had lower buy-in prices around the league and nine and, and nine that had higher buy-in prices. I think the only reason this game has maintained any semblance of value on the, on the market is because the Chiefs are playing their starters. Full disclosure here. Um, I have not missed a Broncos game whether in person or on my couch, and well over the majority have been in person. I've never missed a game since I started covering this team in 2004. Yeah. And I am consciously missing part of it, consciously. So my daughter and I, 
are going to have a daddy-daughter date, although I have a nice surprise for her when we go for dinner. And I had a choice between getting reservations at 5.30 or 6.30. And we're about a half hour from where the restaurant is. And I picked 5.30. I'm like, you know what? It's a half-hour drive. I'll listen to the game in the car for a half hour. I'm not letting a meaningless Broncos game get in the way of my evening with my daughter. I'm just not. Now, if the Broncos were playing for something, my other option was a 6.30 reservation. There's no doubt in my mind I would have taken that 6.30 reservation. Sure. But I'm thinking, really? Because then we have plans after we go for dinner. And I'm thinking, why am I starting our night an hour later for a team that is not going to make the playoffs, might very well be down by three touchdowns going into the fourth quarter, and I'm going to sit around and watch that garbage instead of starting my night early? I'm sorry, not going to do it. With that, is there anything Drew Locke can do to move the needle on his offseason prospects? Or are they pretty much set in stone as he goes either A, A, gets traded, right? Because he's not going to be a free agent, is he? Uh, he's got another year on his contract, right. yes. Either he gets traded or he demands a trade or he gets stuck with the Broncos. Is there anything that can move the needle on him across the league in terms of how they view him? Best game of his career. And that would be something. It would be something. I mean, and I'm saying better than the Houston game in 2019, better than the Carolina game last year. Because it means something for the Chiefs. And this is a much better defense than he was going against in those two games as well. Because, yes, the Chiefs did get gashed by Joe Burrow and company last week. But, you know, they've they've gashed some people over the years. But the Chiefs, by and large, over the last half of this season have had an excellent defense. If Drew Locke goes out there on Sunday, or Saturday, pardon me, and has the best game of his career, that could move the needle. But anything short of that, and it's... When you say move the needle, are you suggesting moving the needle, as in George Payton says... I don't know if we need to draft a quarterback. Move the needle. It, yeah, how much we it, really oh, move here's the what, needle? Here's what it, it it opens the door to. They they will not bring back Drew Locke without somebody else coming in. Okay, it is not going to. It will not be a. There will not be a scenario where Locke is the starter going into the off season. Well, but hold on. But here, but what it could do is there are only three options. Well, no. This is the op- this is the option. If you let me finish, this is the option. I think that would happen. But if I don't want to let you finish, well, I'm going to finish anyway, even if you talk over me. Okay. Let's say he has the game of his life tomorrow. Okay. Then what that opens the door to is saying, okay, we really don't. If we really don't love any of the quarterbacks here in this class, mm-hmm. and I know people don't want to hear this, but you go want you get another one year type of stopgap and you don't hand anybody the keys you kind of maybe you hand somebody the keys after OTAs but not before OTAs and may it may look a lot like this past season yes but in your mind you start accumulating assets for the 2023 class and saying okay if we have a bad season if it doesn't work out let's make sure that we're in a position to put together a viable offer to be able to get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, who are probably QBs one and two in 2023 
and are you can fairly say markedly ahead of the prospects coming up here in twenty. I don't think you're suggesting you are just coming out and saying tank the season. That's I'm not saying. saying tank the season. Yeah, you are. No, I'm you're, saying you're, you're, look, you're I'm, looking. I'm saying I, I'm saying you have Lockett. If if he blossoms, then it's a nice bonus. But your long term plan is predicated around the following draft. But that's why I said it's about asset accumulation. I would go into this draft thinking about trading down and trading down and getting a first-round pick for 2023 in the process. That type of deal that you got from Chicago this past spring that you turned down, I think you accept. There's- and everything you do is about having plenty of assets in the 23 draft and even beyond to where you can put together, if, if you finish 6-11 and 11 or 7-10, and 10, you can put together an offer that somebody can't refuse. Oh, I'm sure a new head coach would love that. A new head, co- a, a new head coach is maybe be just on a bring back deal. Vic. Right? Yeah, that. Yeah, that's the, the other. The other thing also, if you do, I mean, if, think, if, think yeah, about if this. You, so, think if about, you bring back Vic, I don't think you're drafting a quarterback because you don't want to say, "Oh, we, we're drafting a first right. round quarterback." And it's a it's Vic Fangio coaching for his job, and then all of a sudden you go seven and ten. Fangio's out. You bring in a new offensive coach, and, and you're starting the cycle. If you if you're going to draft a quarterback this year, you definitely have to have a new coach. Okay. Think about this for a second. You are a head coaching candidate, and I am George Payton. Yep. And at this point, I don't believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to be on the table. And let's say for the sake of argument. Uh, Russell Wilson is not on the table, and I don't think Baker Mayfield is going to be on the table either. Okay, let's just get around that. And you're a head coaching candidate, and I'm George Payton. I say to you, there's nobody in this draft I really like worthy of a first-round pick. So what we're going to do is we are going to trade back and accumulate assets for 2023. How does that sound? I'd say want, want, better, the, want the job. But, well, How's that sound? Let's talk about a five-year contract then. Mm, I understand that. That would be my response to that. I'd I, say I, I'm not signing a four-year deal on that. I want a five-year deal. Bottom line is this. By saying that, you might as well just come out and say, we are not going to try to lose games, but if we do, don't worry about would, it. But would that not be the worst idea for the 22 season if it sets you up to get one of these two guys. I mean, Bryce Young is creeping toward where we're talking about him being a very, maybe not generational, but very special as a quarterback prospect. Um, I think would you sacrifice a season for a shot at Bryce Young? Here's Organizationally, the, I think you would. Here's, but the, here's the problem. I don't know if the coaches would go for that. They probably wouldn't. Here's the problem. If there is a team out there that gets the number one pick. And they need, and a, they, they need a quarterback. They're not trading out of that. And that's why. I don't care. And that's I, don't why care the presence, the whole, I don't care if you give them the whole draft. And that's why the presence of C.J. Stroud kind of provides a, back, a, a, a backstop. Because that means. If you were picking, I don't know. What if it's the number two team? Well, if it's what if it's one two? Yeah, if it's if it's one if it's one two, there's a better chance of getting in than there than if it's just one. You know what? I, I you, George Payne every, might might have to fall in love with somebody. Everything is look. There's no guarantee here, okay? Unless you 
unless you trade for Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, if you somehow pull that off, there's nothing that's going to come without some sense of rolling the dice. Right. One, one more thing before we hit the break. Uh, Chris Jones, terrific defensive lineman for the Chiefs, mm-hmm. has an incentive in his contract. Double-digit sacks, gets $1.25 million extra. He's sitting at nine sacks right now through 13 games. Would you like to see him get that sack in the Broncos game tomorrow? I like to see people succeed. I like Chris Jones. Yeah, I don't know if I like Chris Jones or not, but yeah, I hope he gets sacked. I hope he doesn't hurt Locke. I hope he doesn't hurt anybody. I hope it's a meaningful you know, sack. You know how I hope he gets a sack? Uh, it's one of the you know how you have sometimes uh, a play where the quarterback is flushed out and he kind of go goes down a, a yard shy of the sticks yeah. and then somebody or or he falls on his own and then you just tag him. That's kind of like Brett Favre and Strahan. Yeah, you know, you have the 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 you know Drew, Drew is trying to escape. Uh, maybe he just kind of stumbles a little bit, but no problem, he's fine. And Chris Jones tags him, gets a sack for a yard loss, or even like if it's no gain, it's a sack too. And then you have, then he gets double digit sacks, he gets his bonus. Everybody moves on. Everybody's right. happy. One more quick thing, because mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say Brett Favre kind of tanked for that final sack for Strahan. Mm-hmm. Many people have argued that. Let's say late in the game. Broncos are losing. They have no chance to win this game. Mm-hmm. If you're Drew Locke, do you say, I'll give it up for you, kid? Or it's the other way. First of all, it's Locke who's the kid. Chris Jones is the older guy. Oh. But you kind of arrange it where just just send me a nice Christmas card. Locke I'll, is I'll, a can- I'll, I'll give you the sack. Locke is a Kansas City guy. I'll give you the sack. Yeah. Just send me a $100 gift certificate to a nice steakhouse. Or go, or you know what? You know what you say, you know what he says? Uh, go, uh, go to my because of course his parents own a, you know restaurants in Kansas City. Yeah, go to my folks' restaurants a few times. There you go. Have dinner. There you go. That's what you say. And you, yeah, go, go have a few, go have a few meals, and uh, I'll give you the sack. And make sure you tip well. Yes. In the neighborhood Take care of something. Of the staff. In, in the neighborhood of something that reflects a one point two five million <laughs> exactly. dollar bonus. Coming up after the break, Von Miller. Yeah, listen, he talks to the media all the time. But he recently talked to the media about the difference between the Broncos and the Rams, and specifically how the Broncos deal with a loss and how the Rams deal with a loss. And the way the two franchises deal with losses could not be any different. You'll hear what Vaughn has to say about that next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friends at Siltahar Mazda. Boy, they really do it the right way. I love the way Greg Larson and his staff uh, 
help you all the way through the process. It is stress-free. It is hassle-free. And if you want to get into a couple of rides to take for a test drive, highly recommend the CX-30. It's a small crossover SUV, all-wheel drive. Great power, 32 miles to the gallon. CX-5 is outstanding as well. Go to a family-owned business that's been around for over 60 years. Talking about Siltahar Motors, Siltahar Mazda. Go to Broomfield or go to sthmazda.com. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. Well, just like he uh, did with the uh, Broncos, Von Miller regularly meets with the media, and he was asked today about the differences between the Broncos and the Rams, and he was very specific. Not today, this week, earlier this week. Thank you. What day was it specifically? I believe it was Wednesday. Do you know what time it was? No. Okay, just want to make sure. I just don't want to deceive people into thinking that it was today when it wasn't today. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, let me know if you got the time on that. So you talked to him this week. I got I got to got to use my words more carefully. I appreciate you, appreciate you correcting me. I again. think I put this week in the notes. Okay. Either way, how they deal with losses? How they deal with losses? Broncos and the Rams. You know, honestly, like I know I say this every single week, but we have been so even keel and so even and so consistent with the things that we do, how we prepare. Um, you know, I've been a part, uh, when I was with the Denver Broncos, you know, when we lose, it's time to double down on something. It's time to go harder. You know, it's time to do something differently. Um, it's time to watch more film, practice a little bit harder, lift a little bit harder. And, um, you know, these guys, you know, they just got a formula. You know, we come in, we do our stuff, we go home. And um, we we trust our guys. We trust the stars on the team. We trust the foundational players. We trust the, coach, the coaches. And honestly, they just we just come in and we do the exact same thing when we were losing. We're doing the exact same thing, and when we're winning, we we have the same exact mindset that we've had these uh, these eight weeks that I've been here. So it's uh, it's been very very consistent whether we win or lose. What do you make of that? Well, I think kind of there there are some interesting things there. First of all, you know, if it's about kind of going harder, watching more film, practice a little bit harder, that's kind of on the players, right? That's that's players saying, okay, we lost, we got to do more. There was something he said in there, though, where he talked about uh, how, quote, it's time to do something differently, unquote, after a loss. That comes from the coaches. Then all of a sudden you're changing the point of emphasis. You're reacting to the short-term result, and you're pivoting nonstop based on the short-term result. And what that tells me is that, Either A, there isn't a process, or B, if there is a process, there's no faith in the process. And that's a weakness of the Broncos under Vic Fangio. Well, I would say it's more not just a weakness under Vic Fangio. I would say that's a weakness under Vance Joseph. I'd say that's a weakness under any coach that has had a lot of losing seasons and loses a lot of games. Let's look at the Rams under Sean McVay. He got there in 2017, is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the Rams were 4-12 and the season before. 11-5, and 13-3, 9-7, which isn't awful, 10-6 and last year, and now how many wins do they have this year? What are they, 11-4 right? Or 11-5 right now? So yeah, with, correct. So yeah. with that, 
Okay, when you have a history of winning, and he has over the last five years, you don't panic. There's no reason to panic because there's no history of losing. But when you do have a history of losing and going on three, four game losing streaks, you're, you're trying to figure out ways to change thing, change things around. He hasn't had to do that. And if Vaughn was sitting right here in front of me, you know what I would say to him? Um, I'd be willing to bet that under John Fox and under Gary Kubiak, you guys won so much, it was the same exact way. You didn't start changing things drastically right away because you knew you had Peyton Manning on the team. You had DeMarcus Ware. You had Von Miller on the team. There's no reason to panic when you have a history of winning. But when you don't, there tends to be more panic. See, the thing is, though, I think there's all. it's also deeper to sort of the Rams methodology because we've seen coaches that were exposed to what Sean McVay is doing. In particular, let's talk about Zach Taylor in Cincinnati, who was there in Los Angeles. And one of the things that you hear in terms of how the job that he's done over three years is that even when they were going 2-14, and 14, there was a consistency to their preparation. They weren't just, it wasn't just, we're going to try to mash buttons to try to get to find our way out of this. It was very much a, it was a process-based build. And so I think it, when, when you hear about that, and obviously Zach Taylor's where primary. Did you, where did you read that coming out of the Bengals organization? From read that a couple of years ago when they were struggling. Yeah. And when you, when you, hear, when you hear things like that, what it tells you is that it, there that there's a there's something to a process. Now the Rams under Sean McVay, you're right; they've had nothing but success. But the true test of whether you have faith in your process is whether you're overreacting to defeats along the way, or whether you're saying we believe in what we're doing. Well, Vic Fangio has no history as a head coach of success. At any other place. Mm-hmm. He's only been a head coach here. So he is probably mashing buttons, as you're saying. And Pat Shermer, who quite frankly wasn't a very good head coach in New York with the Giants, and oh, by the way, was just ripped publicly by Joe Judge for saying, what, the players didn't like Shermer there? Right? I mean, I think Judge is a little bit full of crap in some of what he's saying. Though. I'm sure he yes. is. But at the end of the day, Joe Judge isn't doing very well either. No. When you, when you feel that you have a process that works, you stick to it. You do. It's tough to do that when you're struggling. That's kind of the, t- that's sort of the, it's, right. a, it's a test of resolve right. to say, yeah, we believe in that. We believe in this. And if we make any changes, they're going to be after the season, not during. I mean, that, that's sort of the, a, demarca- a demarcation point. I mean, but sometimes that can be a bad thing too. Because you can make the case, this guy is so stubborn, mm-hmm. he's not changing his ways. So you have to pick and choose what do we need to keep consistent and what can we be a little bit more fluid about day to day. Yeah, the key thing is I think you don't want to overreact to one way or the other. Like, you don't want to junk. Like, I, I think, for example, you don't want to junk a defensive tactic because it didn't work one game, but it worked for three others, right? If you were to say, oh, well, it didn't work in this game, and it's been working before, 
that's over. I think that's overreacting to one result. And I think one thing that that does happen if you're focused on the on the process is that when you get when you get too hot, when you do well, you don't get kind of too full of yourself, right? I mean, for example, let's go back to Josh McDaniels in '09. In a lot of ways, I think that one of the worst things that happened to him was going six and zero. I have said that before. You and I did the show together. Yeah. We've been doing the show for two years. I said that all the time. It gave him such a false sense of security and confidence. And what it did was it emboldened him. Mm-hmm. He became more brazen. He became more arrogant and said, look, I'm 6-0. and oh. My way works. And you know what his way was? Berating players. Yeah. Berating coaches. Berating secretaries. None of this needs to change. I'm going to continue to berate the secretaries because we're six and zero. Yeah, I mean he had the he had the subtlety of a chainsaw. That's insulting all chainsaws. <laughs> but that's that's the thing. You if you're too successful, then you can like him. You can be emboldened, or if you're too successful early. Sometimes it makes you think that uh, it it makes you think that you're infallible, and that you don't have any, and that you don't have anything to learn. So you kind of, so it's kind of a really tricky needle that you have to thread there. If you're a coach, kind of figuring out your way, and if you're if you're trying to focus on the process as much as uh, uh, the process rather than the moment, the the moment to moment results. Football players, unlike any other sport, need schedules. I wouldn't say they like schedules. They like routine. But that's and that's where I was going next. Everything to them is a routine. You need to be here at 315. You need to be here at 331. You need to be here at 4 o'clock. And, it, and, and it's as if they're like children and their lives are scheduled for them. Mm-hmm. Every single day... There is a plan where you need to be. And suddenly you start changing that up. They feel lost like kids. Kids need structure. I'm not suggesting grown men who play football are kids, but they do have a similar type of structure in a football organization that you do or as a parent you want to give to your own children. Right? Right. And a sport where so much is beyond your control, you crave the aspects that you can control. You, know, you, can't, con- you can't control a lot of what goes on on the field. When but you, you can control everything Monday through Saturday. When you've been doing the same thing for six months in a row or two years in a row, <clears throat> and suddenly that pattern changes, it kind of throws you for a loop where your head is, man, I should be in the hot tub at 345, but instead I'm on the practice field. People don't deal well with change in general. Mm-hmm. It takes people a while to get used to it. And actually, that's one problem with kind of the whole uh, Patriot methodology. Because like Josh McDaniels and Matt Patricia, one thing that you heard about that uh, drove players absolutely bonkers was changing the schedule willy-nilly. We in the media kind of dealt with the hind end of that. Sitting around the media room waiting for McDaniels to have a press conference that was scheduled like three hours earlier. But it was the same way with the players. Changing things up on the on the schedule just because. Do you think that's the way it is <clears throat> with Bill Belichick? Everything's just changes willy nilly. No, no, it's not. Oh, well, I thought you were comparing McDaniel's and Patricia to the way Belichick does things. They're doing the complete opposite. Though. They're they're doing things because they want to. They they feel like an established 
it was their way of establishing control, which was the wrong way to go about it. Establishing control of their players, yes. You're estra- you're establishing uncertainty. But that, but you're keeping them on your toes. That you're making sure that they, their thought is that it always it means that you're always having to pay attention and adapt to what Here, the coach. Wants. I, I'm going to use another sport. like the coach says, jump you in, and the player says, how high? That's what they're looking for. I'm going to use another sport as an analogy, and a lot of people listening and watching are going to disagree with me, and they're going to say. This is a grown man. He gets paid a lot of money. He should be able to deal with it, period. Guys who pitch out of the bullpen, there is a certain cadence. There is a certain routine for guys who pitch out of the bullpen. They want to know that when they hear that phone ring, they know it's for them to get up and start warming up. They know that if they are up by two runs, it's the seventh inning. When the phone rings, that phone call is for them to get up. And that's why a lot of managers still do like to have the whole seventh inning guy, eighth inning guy, closer. So when the phone rings and you're down by two runs and it's the eighth inning and, and the phone rings and that call is for you, suddenly that throws you off. And while I know it's a grown man who gets paid a lot of money, I'm telling you, I know too many guys who have pitched in the majors who are relief pitchers, and they need structure. They need to know when the phone rings, they believe it's for them. When it's not, it throws them off. It sounds nuts, but it's true. And it's the same thing in football. It just is. Mm -hmm. Coming up after the break, we do it every Friday on the show, the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Gambling Challenge. Broncos are getting 11.5 points by some Sports books. You taking the points of the Broncos also. Over under is 45. Which do you like? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. SmileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mount Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver. What? <laughs> At Eric Goodman. Go to rmfp.com yes. if you want. Uh, Our friends at Rocky Mountain Forest Products. Yeah. If you want uh, wholesale lumber to the public, you don't want retail, you want wholesale. rmfp.com. You want to clap again? Well, with the song is over, I can make your hands clap. Uh, Danny, why don't you play that song again? There you go. There we go. Thank you, Danny. We've got to have a little fun. It's Friday. Of course. It's a it's it's a feel good Friday. It's a fun Friday. It's a festive Friday. It's like Festivus. For the, for rest, the rest of us. Of us. <laughs> Time now for what's trending. What's trending? Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at sthmazda.com. All right, so every Friday on the show, we do the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Gambling Challenge with our friends Ty Calcade and Evan from the Just Us Guys podcast. And here we go. Broncos, 11.5-point underdogs to the Chiefs, according to some sports sportsbooks. Uh, FanDuel has them at 10.5, but just for fun, we'll go 11.5. And, 
Taking the Broncos and the points. I know you're not taking the Broncos straight up, but are you taking the points? Uh, no, I think the Chiefs cover the spread here. Now, I don't think this is going to be the complete destruction that maybe a lot of people are thinking, especially with Ronald Darby on IR, Pat Sertan second on IR, Nate Hairston now on the COVID list, so your cor- and Kareem Jackson on IR, so your cornerback core and your secondary is really feeling it right now. And that's a problem against the Chiefs. But I think what will happen is the Chiefs will take a substantial lead. Right. And they'll call off the dogs. And they'll win somewhere around 30 to 13. Yeah, but here's the thing. Calling off the dogs. So far, the Broncos offense has not been good enough this year to score when there are no dogs. Which is why I think they'll get 13 points again for a third, third consecutive week. It's hard to give a it's hard to give away 11 and a half points it really is but I I just I think the Broncos I think a lot of the players are just thinking about the offseason what's going to happen to the coaching staff and let's get ready for our vacation. Uh over under quickly quickly under. Quickly. Uh I'm going to go the under too. And you know what? Wouldn't surprise me if the Chiefs, though, do the overall by themselves. Guys, what do you think? Our friend Todd Davis, former Bronco linebacker, addressed that a couple of days ago when we had him on about guys thinking about the following season, thinking about not getting hurt. Right. We have seen business, business decisions. We have seen business decisions made. Yeah. I mean, probably no more, uh, no more prominent example in recent Bronco history than Kareem, than Akeem Talib wanting no part of Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Back in the last game of 2017. And I can't blame players for feeling that way. The season is lost. You're just trying to get through this game without incurring something that you're gonna that's gonna cause you problems for the next few months. Right. Right. That's the thing. I mean, that's you are trying to you're ba- you're trying to get to the end without any further physical damage than a normal football season exacts right. upon your body. Right. Business decisions will be made tomorrow. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? The Nuggets are back at home tonight, taking on the Sacramento Kings. We'll preview that game and talk a little bit about the loss to the Jazz. A couple players pretty impressive despite the losing effort. Uh, We'll uh, talk about the Nuggets on the other side right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on, on Mile High Sports. Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk. Here's Eric and Andrew. 
Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products. Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Don't pay retail. Pay wholesale. The Rocky Mountain Forest Products. I want to bring in the marketing director of Rocky Mountain Forest Products, my guy Ty. My, I don't want to say the number one Packers fan. That goes to my father. You're number two because he's he's older than you are. That's fair, and also thank you. I will take that. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Rocky Mountain Forest Products as we are now into 2022. Can you put into perspective, let's say somebody wants to build a fence, and I don't know what size we want to make this hypothetical fence, but generally speaking, when people buy from Rocky Mountain Forest Products, how much, generally speaking, are they going to save? So if you come to us instead of any of the big box stores, uh, you'll save anywhere from 20 to 30% roughly on materials. And the thing is, we also uh, can recommend you contractors as well that uh, you typically help out the people that we recommend to them. There's no kickback or anything like that. It's just one of those things where, you know, we help each other out. We help the community and build up the blue collar industry. So it's, yeah, we, we can help you with both material and labor. Okay, so what you're saying is people buy the material through you and then they contact one of your contacts to do the work. Is that how it works? Yeah, and the thing is, uh, these guys that we've worked with, we have you know relationships with them the last five, ten years, and these are people that we trust and we will put our name out there with, and uh, we're very thankful to have them because we never really ever have any complaints from them. So what kind of companies do you refer uh, just typically anything, any type of contractor work that you need. And if you want to, you know, bounce a couple off of, uh, you know, the spouse, we can recommend two, three, four companies and, you know, let them bid against each other. But they're all companies that we know get the job done and well. So let's say you wanted to build a fence, right? Generally speaking, yep. you're going to call a fencing company first. What you're suggesting is, and this makes perfect sense, call you, buy the lumber, you refer a couple of fencing companies, but here's the big thing. Instead of you schlepping all of the lumber, they're just going to come pick it up for for you, right? Correct, yeah. So you can come by, check out all the materials, and take care of that end. And on top of it, typically if you go to a fence contractor first, you know they're going to come to us, get the lumber, and then try and sell it at a markup. Hmm. When if you just come to us directly, you can come buy the material yourself and then also get the contractor, but you don't have to worry about the markup or anything on the materials. So it's really a win-win for the customer. So off the top of my head, fencing company, a company that builds decks. Give me some other companies that you guys work with that maybe I'm not thinking of off the top of my head. Uh, so yeah, as you as you hit on fencing and decking companies, but any real general labor, if you just have uh, want to update your siding, if you want to do some interior stuff, hmm. uh, granite. Uh, we also recommend out granite contractors as well. So yeah, we can cover you on really any uh, home renovation project. Oh, that's right. I totally I totally forgot. Uh, you guys do granite as well. Yes, we do. Oh my God, you guys are one stop shopping. The most important thing I should ask you is. Uh, Aaron Rodgers says he wants to play in a meaningless game on Sunday. Um, are you down with that? Because remember, it's all about Aaron. You don't want to push back on him or else he's going to threaten to leave. Honestly, I've seen this before where they sit. Uh, if you remember the season right after the Super Bowl, they went 15-1. and one. They basically had three weeks of rest and then got blown out by the Giants in the first game. So, yeah, I'm okay with staying loose. He said his toe's feeling better, so uh, 
yeah, I'm I'm perfectly okay with Aaron getting in there, getting a couple snaps, and <laughs> seeing how it goes. And then, hey, I'm all for seeing Jordan Love as well. No, you're not. No, I'm absolutely not. But it sounds great against the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> how do people find you? How do they get a hold of you, Ty? Uh, just go to any internet browser, search rmfp.com, and yeah, go check out all the information. We have a ton of blogs, a ton of information, so you can educate yourself before you even uh, get into the buying process. Enjoy your weekend. I know you're probably not going to be so into the Packers game because Rodgers won't play that much, obviously, but in two weeks you're going to be stoked, I'm guessing, right? Oh, big time. Absolutely. Uh, all right, my man. Have a great weekend. You too, Eric. Thank you. See you, pal. Time now for the final word. The Final Word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you miss it, tough loss for the Nuggets on Wednesday. They fell by six points to the Utah Jazz in Ball Arena. And an absolutely monster game from Bojan Bogdanovic. He had a season-high 36 points for the Jazz. But Jokic had a great game as well. 26 points, 21 rebounds, and 11 assists. Another triple-double for the Joker, the reigning MVP. And Monte Morris... Had a nice uh, nice effort off the bench, added 20 points, and was 5 of 9 from 3-point range in his first game back off the COVID list. Now Michael Malone has been on the COVID list for about a week. He is still in the protocols, so Popeye Jones will again coach the Nuggets tonight as Sacramento comes to town. Nuggets versus Kings at 7 p.m. Mountain Time in Ball Arena. Do you uh, expect to see any difference in the rotations that you think could benefit the Nuggets long-term this season that might emerge with a different coach at the helm for Denver instead of Malone? Well, I think having a different voice in there I think is great, just just for a little bit. Uh, but you want Malone's voice in there more, more frequently. Yeah, you want Malone's voice, and even though he's not there, obviously on the bench during the games, he still has uh, certainly communication with Popeye Jones and the coaching staff. Uh, before you know, before and after, so I don't think you're going to see much kind of reinventing of the wheel here. Maybe uh, if if you see tweaks in the rotation, it's because of of all the injuries they're having and just trying different things more so than I think not having Malone out there for this week. I want to go back to something? Uh, Bogdanovich had a fantastic game: thirty six points, thirteen rebounds, four assists. Great line score, right? Which one would you rather have? That one or twenty six points? 21 rebounds and 11 assists. What sounds better to you? Well, which guy won? No, no, I'm just talking about a box score in general. I agree. The triple-double is definitely <laughs> right. more impressive, especially when it's 20 rebounds, 20-plus 20 rebounds. Yeah, and mm-hmm. still 26 points, but on ESPN, oh, Bogdanovich had 36. Did you see what the other guy did? Who helped get their team more points? Jokic by far. Not even close. I mean, this is the whole thing of, uh, you know, of of people you know, not buying it, not buying into uh, what he does nationally, even after all that we've seen from him. I know. It's why, ridiculous. I don't understand why Jokovic doesn't get any respect. You just called him Jokovic. I know. <laughs> I know. You should have just let that one go. I know. Because the punchline was there. 
I didn't. And then I, you had to bring it. Kind of like you correct me all the time. I. So somebody said today. I didn't. It was see. earlier this week. Yeah. Sometimes just listen, and sometimes I just will let admit. It go. I, I will admit I missed the joke. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Were you the kid in grade school or high school or college that would correct the professor in front of everybody, no matter the size of the room? You'd either raise your hand or bark it out. Was that was that you? Uh, not when I got to college, because by because not fi- when I got to college is code for it happened before. It happened before. When I got to college, I realized that I really had to hone in on what the professor was saying right because they were because it wasn't a matter of oh i could read stuff so i had to like right. record the lectures right. and then re-listen to them and get right. and have copious notes because so like, done- in, like in high school and before right. yeah. you could just get everything out of the book right yeah so you did that a lot in high school and grammar school but then you learned um Sometimes it's better to do a little bit of listening more than trying to correct someone. Kind of like in today's show when I told a joke that Danny clearly got right away, but you were so eager to correct me, you stepped all over the punchline. Well, I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't think it was a joke. It, I missed it. I know because you were so eager. It went to, over my head. You were so eager well, to I'm correct also, me. Well, also, I mean, ESPN did it. I think we're all kind of on hyper alert for people messing up Jokic's surname. Well, I'll tell you something. If they mispronounce Djokovic's name again, I'm going to be very upset. Oh, boy. At least we don't have to try to pronounce his daughter's <laughs> name. That, that one's a tough one. A lot of consonants? Oh, yeah. And I, I <laughs> mean, I think it's word? a lot of vowels, too. It's just, a, t- it's just a tough combo. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk in any store and try out the appliances before you buy them. Big box stores, you can't do that. Not to mention, you're not going to get the same level of customer service. Somebody selling you a refrigerator, they're, they're going to sell you a computer. And those are two totally different things. Work with a company where they specialize in appliances. They can help you redesign an entire kitchen. Get you something to fit your budget. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville. Littleton, you can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break... Of all years that we have followed the NFL, this year might be the most difficult year of actually predicting who is going to make it to the Super Bowl. With all of these upsets, I mean, you could literally throw a dart and you might be right. At the AFC and the NFC, is it really that difficult? Is it? We'll talk about it next. First inclination is to become a monk and leave the situation. But every dark tunnel has a light of hope. So don't hang yourself with a celibate rope. New movies showing, so you're going. Could care less about the fire.